friend, you're listening to Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your master NLP certified, timeline therapy certified, life coach Rachel Bailey. Today, I want to talk to you about conflict resolution. Now, maybe this isn't the sexiest title, but I think it's really important to understand where conflicts arise, how they arise, and what to do if Not only A, you're currently in a conflict, you find yourself in an argument, or B, you have trepidation about an upcoming conversation that you feel could result in conflict. So in either of these two scenarios, whether there's a pending conversation that's coming up that you have anxiety about or trepidation about, you know, this is a heated topic, this is kind of a charged conversation, or we've had this conversation before and it kind of always results in an argument, or you're going along, getting along fine with somebody, and then all of a sudden you realize you're in a conflict. I want to give you some tips and strategies for, number one, how to get through those conflicts uh, fairly easily without it exploding and emotions running wild. Because those heated emotions, when we get into a state of, high anger or fear or anxiety, you know, those are very low vibrating emotions. And the more we vibrate there in anger and in rage and in hurt and in betrayal and in fear, the more we vibrate in these low negative emotions, the more problems we call into our life vibrationally. So if you want to vibrate higher more of the time and feel good, feel happy, feel joyful, feel in flow with your life and with your loved ones and with those around you, if you want to vibrate higher most of the time, then you're going to want some tools to help you get from conflict to resolution fairly quickly. Otherwise, if you're living in a state of conflict, Your life is not going to be fun, it's not going to be easy, it's not going to be in flow, and you're not going to be able to manifest results in really any area of your life if you're stuck in a conflict cycle. So my first tip for you is as soon as you realize there's a conflict, whether you're in it, living it right now, or it's in your future timeline and you see a potential for conflict, the very first thing I want you to do is get curious Ask yourself questions that come from a place of curiosity instead of a place of judgment. Whether this be inward curiosity or outward curiosity, I would prefer you to do both. So I'm going to give you the questions to allow you to get curious about the conflict. So the first question is, what is coming up for me? Okay, now there's a reason why this is a great coaching question 
It is vague on purpose. What is coming up for me? Because if the first question I ask myself is, what emotion am I feeling? That is a specific answer. Oh, I'm feeling angry. Or what thought am I thinking? Oh, I'm thinking the other person is whatever, being controlling. That's an example. And so either of those questions are fine and we're going to get to those. Yet a really great place to start is what is coming up for me? This allows your unconscious mind to fill in the blank of either a thought or an emotion or a value that's perhaps in conflict here. So it gives your unconscious mind freedom to fill in whatever it wants to instead of asking it for the thought or emotion first. Once you ask yourself what's coming up for me and you fill in the blank of either a thought that's coming up or an emotion that's coming up or um, a value that might be coming up, then the next question is going to be the missing piece of information. So awareness of either the thought or the emotion. Let me give you a real-time example. If I ask myself, what's coming up for me right now? And my unconscious mind answers with an emotion, hurt. Then I'm going to ask the question to find the thought. Oh, interesting, hurt, okay. What thought is coming up for me right now? Oh, that this person doesn't hear me. This person doesn't understand me. This person is shutting down communication, whatever. You're free from all those examples. Those are examples of thoughts, right? So if I first give the emotion, then I'm going to ask the question to find the thought that's coming up. Or if I give the thoughts first, then I'm going to ask the questions to find the emotions. What emotions are coming up? Now, if you get anger, let's say, and your unconscious mind says anger is coming up, please know this about anger. Anger is always a secondary emotion, meaning we don't go to anger first, even though it might feel like it in our body or in our nervous system. The reality is we typically have a other emotion first, whether that be sadness or hurt or betrayal or fear or anxiety of some kind. And that leads us to anger. So anger is a secondary emotion. So while you're asking yourself, what's coming up for me? If you get the answer of anger, I want you to now ask yourself, what emotion is underneath the anger? Another great question you can ask yourself is, what was I feeling right before I got angry? This might take some practice. So if you're a person that typically doesn't pay any attention to your emotions or you feel angry most of the time and you don't ever experience any other emotion, this might take some practice. What was I feeling right before? What was I thinking right before? What was I doing right before? What triggered the anger? Getting curious about what else is underneath the anger. So tip number one was getting curious about what's coming up for you as in your thoughts and your emotions, okay? Now, tip number two is to also get curious about what values are coming up for you in play. What is important to me about this conversation? What is important to me about the outcome? What is important to me about fill in the blank? When you ask yourself what's important to me about, it becomes very, very clear what values you're bringing to the conversation or the conflict. Now, this is important because 
If you also are willing to get curious about what the other person is bringing to the conversation, it becomes very clear where the disconnect is. So maybe what you're valuing is freedom, let's say. I'll take a real life example of a conflict that I was in with a coworker a few years ago. I took a part-time teaching job where I was in a co-teacher relationship with another teacher. And I took this job because I wanted to only work part-time while I built and scaled my life coaching business. I knew this was going to be my last year. Like this was my way out. So I was going to work half-time, share a teaching job with another teacher, and then make my exit and go into my business full-time. So my reasons for doing this were to split my focus. So I knew that going in. And the other teacher, as far as I was concerned, knew this also. And that isn't to say that I wanted to be lazy or slack off. It's just that I wanted to work less. So if I was working Monday through Wednesday, then I could go work my business Thursday, Friday. This is in my head how this position is going to work out. And also in my head, what I'm thinking that this co-teaching relationship is going to look like because she and I had different classes. I had my own classes. She had her own classes because we taught art. There was no students that we actually shared. Unless you were looking at it from a global perspective of, yes, we share all the students in the school, but I had my own students. So in my head... I can do whatever art projects that I want to. These are my students. I have K through second. She has third, fourth, and fifth. Okay, so what I'm bringing to the table, what I'm bringing to this relationship is sort of this mentality of live and let live. I'm going to do my job. You do your job. And yes, there are going to be times when we need to meet and discuss curriculum or we need to meet and discuss scaling and we need to meet and discuss how our projects coexist. But for the most part, I'm doing my thing, you're doing your thing. Well, this is not how my teaching partner saw our co-teaching relationship. She saw our co-teaching relationship as us needing to know exactly what the other person was teaching at all times so that the curriculum could be cohesive. Now, I understand this from a perspective of we want the art program at the school to be great And we want it to be amazing. And I see her perspective now. I truly do. It was more like, we. I need to know everything that you're teaching so that I can build and scale upon it. Whereas I'm not looking at it like that. I'm looking at it as there are art standards for K through second. And there are art standards for third, fourth, and fifth. So as long as each of us are teaching our own standards, kind of like, leave me alone (laughs) is sort of how I was experiencing this time in my life. I just wanted to go in and do my job because I had been an art teacher for many years. I had projects under my belt that I truly loved and wanted to bring to the school. And I felt that she was coming in saying, no, you have to do it this way. This is my way. This is the way that we're going to do it here. So because we're bringing different values Okay, my values that I'm bringing are freedom, autonomy, follow the art curriculum, follow the art standards. The values that she's bringing to this co-teaching relationship is, to put it nicely, collaborative. 
Although I could make the argument that from my perspective, it felt like control. It needed to be this way. And I needed to get my projects approved by her is what it felt like in my experience. Looking at her values, I can see how she wanted us to be more cohesive. Although I will say that from my experience, it did not feel collaborative. It felt like this is the way we're going to do it here. This is my school. These are my students. You're going to do it my way. Now, I found myself in conflict with this because I'm coming in thinking, I've already been a teacher for years. Just let me do my thing. I feel a lack of trust here. Like you're not trusting me to teach the art standards. You're not my boss. You're not my principal. You're not an admin. You're a teacher. So you see the potential for conflict here because we have values, personal values and teaching values in conflict now in this co-teaching relationship. And I share this not to put her down at all. I see that from her perspective, she was doing the right thing. And I also see from my perspective how I was doing the right thing. And this, you guys, is real life. That's why I'm bringing this story up. Because you're going throughout your life experiencing other people and seeing other people as being a problem, perhaps. Yet they're going through their life experiencing you as a problem, perhaps. So what do we do when we find ourselves in a situation like this? And this is why I say curiosity is the number one tip. Because if I can get curious about my values in play, oh, I'm valuing freedom, I'm valuing autonomy, I'm valuing trust, for example. And I can at the same time get curious about her values. She's valuing a cohesive curriculum. She's valuing the art program as a whole, okay? Then I can have grace for my experience of her, and I can also have grace for her experience of me. Instead of feeling judged, right, I can say, well, I can see from her values how I can be in conflict with her values. Instead of only seeing my perspective, which is that she is in my way of my values, Now, I'm going to give you a tool to support you in doing this because what I'm asking you to do is something that is very high level and takes a lot of emotional awareness. And sometimes when we're in the heat of the moment, we're in a conflict and it's not years past. It's we're living it. I'm this is a tall order. So let me give you a tool that will absolutely help you do this, even if you're in the midst of a heated conflict right now. And to clarify, I'm not saying that you must do this in the heat of the moment. I'm saying if there is a conflict in your life, take a few minutes by yourself to do this exercise. So if you find yourself in conflict and you need to step away from the conflict to do this exercise, you may ask for that. Or if there's a pending conversation that's coming up where there's conflict, you can take a minute to do this exercise on your own by yourself in the privacy of your bedroom. This is a concept called NLP perceptual positions. Remember NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming. So it's neuro-linguistic programming perceptual positions. I tell you the name in case you're curious to look it up. Yet I'm going to explain it in detail right now. Why this process? This process allows you to see all 
So the function of perceptual positions is to allow you to look at the situation from outside yourself. So you can remove your own programming lens and see the situation differently. If you're having trouble getting curious about the other person's perspective, this is the tool that is going to help you do that. So step one of perceptual positions is to just imagine an equilateral triangle where each corner represents a point of view. So yes, there are actually three points of view in conflict. As you're imagining this triangle, I want you to imagine that you are on the bottom left and the other person in conflict with you is the bottom right. Okay, so you two make up the bottom edge of the equilateral triangle. Makes sense? That's easy enough to imagine. Now, there are three steps to fulfilling this perceptual positions. The first one is easy. You are going to be yourself at the bottom of the triangle, looking straight across at the other person that you are in conflict with. This is pretty much your point of view. So it'll be very clear to you what your own thoughts and emotions are as you're looking at this person. Here's the key. While you're in this position, you're imagining looking at the other person straight across from you. You must only use positive I statements. No you statements, no shaming, no blaming. You're only going to pretend to talk to this person with I statements. So you will say things like, I think, I feel, I believe. These are the values that are important to me. This is what I'm bringing to my experience. This is my experience. This is the easiest part of the triangle, although you must stay out of you blaming, shaming, you made me feel this, you made me think this. It's only I think this, I feel this. Okay, stay away from the you statements. Now here's the really cool part. You're going to imagine kind of floating out of your body and floating over to the other person and floating down inside their body. This is just imaginative, okay? I'm not telling you to astral project. <laughs> Please do not. That is not what I'm saying. This is an imaginary exercise where you are imagining now that you're looking through the other person's eyes at you. And while you're in this position, looking at yourself, you are going to embody the other person's point of view. So as you're looking at you, you are going to become the other person in your unconscious mind and you're going to say, what am I thinking as this other person? What am I feeling as this other person? What values am I bringing to the table as this other person? So when I did this exercise, I could see more clearly, oh, she wants the curriculum to be a certain way. She's been at this school longer than I have. So she has a vision of what the curriculum is supposed to be. Here I am coming in and messing all of that up, which is a little shamey blamey, but that's kind of the gist of what this exercise will show you. Now, here's the other thing. While you're looking through this other person's eyes, you're actually going to say I statements. So what I just explained is, oh, she was thinking this. She was feeling that. That was for you, the listener, so you would understand clearly what I'm saying and who's talking. Yet while you're doing this and you float down into the other person's perspective, you will say I statements. I 
am thinking that the curriculum is the most important thing here. I don't understand what the issue is in telling you what the curriculum is supposed to be every day. I feel very strongly that my instructions are the best for the kids. Okay. And then what are the feelings? I'm feeling hurt that you, okay, you are not receptive to just doing it the way I want it done. Now, as you're saying all these I statements as the other person, things are going to start to click. You are going to be a little bit set free from digging into your own perspective and you're going to be able to see where this other person is coming from, what thoughts and emotions they're bringing to the table, what values they're bringing to the table, and suddenly the conflict begins to make more sense. Instead of you being the victim of a conflict, you are now understanding the conflict holistically, yet you're not done yet. Remember I said there's a third position. So now you're going to float out of the other person to the top of the triangle, looking down or I guess forward at yourself and the other person who are in conflict. You may also in this third position at the top of the triangle, you may also float higher so that you're looking kind of down as if you are standing on a ladder. This position just allows you to be an outsider who is completely objective. You have no agenda. You have no values in conflict. You're just seeing the conflict from the outside. So you're going to ask yourself, what do I see from this outside perspective? How are these two people acting? What is each person contributing to the conflict? For example, is one dominant and the other submissive? And lastly, what advice would you give to each person? So from this perspective, and going back to my example, I was looking at this outside perspective and looking at me going, okay, you could be a little bit more adaptable and just say that you're going to teach the lesson plans that she already has made up in her head. Then I would actually give her the same advice. You could be a little bit more flexible and a little bit more adaptable and let Rachel bring some curriculum to the table that's really important to her. You both could afford to be more flexible in this situation. Okay, so that brings me to the final tip for perceptual positions. And then I have more tips around conflict resolution in general. Yet you're not done with perceptual positions yet. You've done all the positions. You've looked through your own eyes at the other person. You've looked through the other person's eyes at you. Lastly, you've looked from the top of the triangle at these two people looking at each other in conflict and see what you've seen. Lastly, you are now going to analyze what you have learned. What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about the other person? What values do you see in conflict? Journal your findings. Now, I love doing perceptual positions. Whether I'm in the middle of a conflict, I can do this really quickly because I've practiced it a lot. So let's say I'm in a conflict with my husband, for example. I will float out of my body and float into his body and just see me standing there <laughs> fighting with him. And I can see more clearly what his experience of me is instead of being dug into my experience of him. So then I float outside really quickly. I look at us and I see, oh, okay, Rachel's interpreting it this way. Alex is interpreting it this way. Here's a solution. So you can apply perceptual positions in the middle of a conflict if you are well-practiced and you can do it quickly. 
Otherwise, if this is a brand new concept, what I would advise you to do is practice with just anyone that you're in conflict with. Just go in your room and just be by yourself and actually move your body from one position of the triangle to the other. So you're going to stand at position one. That's you looking at the other person. After you're done talking, you are literally going to walk yourself to position two, turn around and look from that person's position toward your position. And lastly, walk to the top of the triangle and look at the two people standing there. As you're moving your body, this will become so much easier for you to practice this way. When you get really good at it, then you can just imagine floating out of your body, floating to the other positions while you're actually in a conflict with someone. But to start, start alone in a room and actually move your body from position to position. So let me give you some tips if you find yourself in conflict and you're like, well, I haven't practiced perceptual positions or this is difficult right now because I'm really feeling my emotions strongly and I cannot see the other person's perspective. I feel stuck. I need some tips for like what to do if I find myself in conflict. No problem. So you can still get curious what's coming up for me. What is my values that I'm bringing to the table right now? Then next, I want you to see yourself and this person as being on the same team. It's me and the other person versus the problem, not me versus you. So if you can see we're on the same team here, but there's a problem that we're both trying to solve differently. And because we're trying to solve it differently, we're becoming opponents. Instead, let's see ourselves as being on the same team. Okay. What do we both want that is the same? Us versus the problem will take away a lot of the charge right then and there. Lastly, and this is perhaps the most important part of the podcast, I'm going to give you some actual language tools and language frames that you can use while you're in the middle of a conflict. Now you can take notes, but you don't even have to take notes. I'm actually going to provide in the show notes a free downloadable for you that has this language in it. So basically a conflict resolution script. So if you would like the conflict resolution script, it's absolutely free. You do not need to take notes. You're just going to scroll to the show notes, click on that link. You must provide your email so I can send it to you. That's it. Okay. So if you do that, I'll just send it right to you. You don't have to take notes for this part. Yet I am going to explain what you're going to be seeing on that conflict resolution script. So we're going to go through it together right now. A few things about the conflict resolution script. You're going to notice that these are a lot of questions and I statements because we're getting curious and we're using nonviolent communication in the conflict resolution script. So those are just a few things to note. Step one, ask about the prompting event. So you're going to ask, Hey, what is stressing you or concerning you or causing you to have negative feelings? Now, you're going to give the other person space to say their perspective about the things that are coming up for them, the things that are stressing them out, the things that are concerning them. Here's the key indication. A lot of times when people start explaining their perspective, our natural human instinct is to defend ourselves and to tell them that their perspective and experience is wrong because we never meant for them to experience those thoughts or experience those emotions. 
That's our human pride, ladies and gentlemen, that is coming up. So instead, I want you to be humble and wait and give them the opportunity to share their experience with you. It's just their experience. It's just their experience of you. It doesn't mean that you're a terrible person if they say, I'm experiencing that you don't like me. I'm experiencing you as being stubborn or whatever. And hopefully once they get better at this, they'll leave out the you statements too. Yet more than likely, if you're the only person listening to this podcast and you're the only person with the conflict resolution script, the person you're working with may not have all the tools and they might start blaming, shaming you. If that happens, you let yourself know it's it's not about me. This is not really who I am. It's their experience of me. It's their experience. And I'm open and willing to hear their experience. Their experience does not define my character in actuality, in reality. So no matter how bizarre their experience is, you're just going to hold space. Then step two, you're going to summarize what you heard. I hear you saying that you are thinking and feeling this way. Is that right? And you can even ask, did I get everything? Is there anything else I'm missing in that summary? You don't have to use the word summary, but for learning purposes, you're going to summarize what you hear them saying And then you can ask for feedback. Did I get anything? Am I missing anything? Now, if they have not yet said their emotional state, you are going to ask them next what they are feeling. So you're just going to say, what are the feelings that are coming up for you right now? Now, this allows them a little bit of awareness around if they just say frustrated, anger, then They haven't done the work, right, to realize that that's a secondary emotion. So you could ask them, what did you feel right before you experienced anger? What other emotion do you feel? Oh, I feel hurt. I feel betrayed. I feel sad, for example. Now you're going to summarize. So you're going to say, oh, so you felt blank and blank. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Now, you're going to validate their feelings. Remember, their feelings and their experience is not about you. So you release from whatever they're feeling. You do not have to take it personally. You're just going to validate from a place of, I have felt those emotions before. So if they say, I'm feeling betrayed, then you're going to validate from a place of, feeling betrayed in your own past history at some point. So you could say, gosh, I have felt betrayed before and that is a very hurtful feeling. And I can see that you feel that very strongly. I can tell this hurts and I never intended for you to feel that way. I'm sorry you feel that way. So validating is just letting them know that they are heard that you have experienced that before. If you're really good at validation, you can even share a short story. Don't make it all about you, but you could share a short experience of, gosh, you know, I have felt betrayed before when my boss did X, Y, and Z. I felt betrayed and I know that feeling and it sucks. And I'm so sorry that you're feeling that right now. That would be a great example of a short story that's not about you. It's not making it about you, but you're just letting the other person know I know that feeling and I'm so sorry you're feeling that way. Now, 
Moving to the next section. You have gotten from them their emotional state. Now it's time to get their thoughts. So you're going to say, when you were feeling hurt, what were your thoughts? Now you can leave it there and just leave that open for interpretation. So they could share their thoughts about themselves. They could share their thoughts about you or other people. They could share their thoughts about the world. They could share their thoughts about God. You're just going to ask. When you were feeling that emotion, what were your thoughts? And allow them to take and interpret that question however their unconscious mind decides. So they're going to tell you, well, you know, I was thinking that you don't really care that much about me. Now, if they say that, again, you may are tempted to interrupt and say, of course I care about you, or I can't believe that you're thinking that, or why would you think that? Please do not make this about you. If you truly want conflict resolution, you're just going to hold space for the thought. No matter how negative or ugly it is, you're just going to hold space and say, so I hear you saying that you thought that I didn't care about you. Gosh, I can't imagine me thinking that you don't care about me. That's a strong feeling and, and I'm sorry you thought that. Okay, that would be summarizing their thoughts. So it goes, ask them for their emotion, validate their emotion, ask for their thought, summarize what thought you hear them saying. Lastly, you're going to ask them to tie together their emotions, thoughts, and behaviors. Okay, so a question that ties together their emotion, thoughts, and behaviors would be this. When you were feeling hurt and you were thinking that I didn't care about you, what did you do? How did you express yourself? Then they're going to give you their behavior. I got angry, I did this, I did that. Now, this is cognitive awareness for the other person and also for you because if they can recognize an emotion, thought, behavior pattern in their life, then they're going to become in more ownership of their reaction. So the purpose of the tying together of the emotions, thoughts, and behaviors is more for them to come to a place of ownership. Oh, I have this emotion then thought a lot, or I have this behavior a lot, or whatever. And you don't have to point that out to them. You simply ask them the questions. And by doing that, you're giving them the cognitive awareness of their emotions, thoughts, and behaviors. Now, the next section is childhood feelings and awareness around their childhood experience. Again, this is for their cognitive awareness and ownership of their reaction. That's kind of the why behind these questions. Here are the questions you're going to ask. Did you experience these same feelings as a child? How, what happened? How old were you when that happened? Now, after they share their child experience, Let's say that their emotion that they're talking about is hurt and they can say, yes, I often felt that as a child. I often felt like my parents were not there for me or didn't care about me or whatever. They're starting to see the mirror between what's happening now with their being triggered and what happened in childhood that is creating a mirror, that is creating a trigger response for them. So again, it's around their awareness. You also gain so much from this, though, because you're starting to see where they're coming from in their reaction when they talk about their childhood. So now, again, you're going to summarize and validate. Wow, I hear you saying that at seven years old, you thought your parents didn't care about you and that made you feel hurt and abandoned. 
I cannot imagine feeling that amount of hurt and abandonment at seven years old. I'm so sorry that you experienced that. So you're going to show the appropriate amount of empathy given whatever they express from their childhood feelings. Now, here's what's really cool. The other person feels heard and they feel seen and they feel validated. And that's really what they wanted all along for this whole entire conflict. And I know it's what you want too. Yet if you're going to hold space for the other person, guess what? They're going to be more likely to then turn around and hold space for you. Yet we have to give what we want to receive. That's one of the laws of the universe. We have to give what we want to receive. So that's where conflicts arise is that we're waiting for the other person to come in and validate our experience. Yet if we're not willing to do that until it's been done for us, it's a stalemate. So we have to take the step forward in faith and give first. We give first holding space, hearing, seeing, validating, and then it can be reciprocated for us. So that's, that's just a little tangent to let you know why you're doing this holding space for the other person. Here's the next step. After the other person feels super heard and validated, then here's what's going to happen. You're now going to ask them for an I need or an I want statement. It sounds like this. I would love to know if you could give me an I want statement. For example, I want blank or an I need statement. I need such and such. Could you give me an I want or I need statement? Here's some examples, and these will be when you download the script, your examples will be on there. Examples of needs or wants might include changed behavior, reassurance, negotiation, a hug, problem solving together, uh, some sort of action step like creating a budget together, for example, or it could be an apology. It could be for the other person to take, for you, the other person to take ownership of maybe an inappropriate response, something. Here is the next piece, which is super important, and I need you to hear this. Your person that you're in conflict with, whether it be a spouse, a child, a parent, a coworker, whoever it is, they can ask for whatever they want, sky's the limit. That does not mean you have to give them what they ask for. It means you're listening for what they're asking for. When it comes back to you, you can accept their request. You can modify their request. Or you can say, you know, I can't give you that, but I can do this. Okay? So you're going to accept, modify, or reject and. Reject and come up with some other solution. The key here for you is to be honest and think about what can I give freely? In other words, there's going to be no debt. There's going to be no own owing of anything. If I do this, there's going to be no resentment. If I do this, there's going to be no buildup of anger. If I do this, there's going to be no feeling like there are strings attached. So be honest. Don't make promises you cannot keep. That's really important. So now you're going to summarize the request and you're going to say, I hear you saying that you feel and you need, here's what I can do. Okay. Let me give you an example that feels more realistic. Okay. Let's say you're arguing with someone, a roommate 
or your partner. And the request is that you make dinner every night. And you're sitting there going, there's no way. Like that is not happening. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. That doesn't feel fair to me, given the fact that I also do the dishes every night. Okay. So you're going to modify the request and you're going to say, you know, I hear you saying that you would appreciate it if I made dinner every night. Here's what I can do. I can make dinner every night if you do the dishes every night. That would be a modification. Or another modification might sound like this. I can make dinner twice a week if you do the dishes on those nights that I make dinner. Or, you know, I'm not willing to make dinner. I just, that's not in my wheelhouse. It's not something I can do. And since neither one of us want to make dinner, what if we pool our money together and we buy meal prep? Or maybe we can find some creative solution together. Let's renegotiate what we could do together. So you're just going to keep that open line of communication going. Request, modify, request, modify, request, modify until it is in total alignment with both people. Now, like I said, I have this written up in script form. It is very helpful to do it with a script because when you're in the heat of the moment and the other person starts saying, I feel like you don't care about me, for example, because they maybe don't have the skill set or the knowledge to know that they are not supposed to use blaming, shaming language or use statements. So when it comes to reality and you practicing this with people who are unpracticed, it might be difficult at first. So use the script and print out two copies and explain the script to the person that you're in conflict with and say, I am so willing and ready to listen. Can we please follow this script and use I statements? Because then I will be able to hear you. I'll be able to hear your perspective. You will feel extremely heard and acknowledged and validated. And then we can come up with a creative solution together. What you may want to do is, especially if you're in an intimate relationship with someone where you have the time to practice this together, is take turns. So after you've done the script for the other person, have them then do it with you. So you get to share your thoughts, your feelings, your um, behaviors, your childhood memories, and they can summarize and validate for you, then you also get to say your I want or I need statements. Once you both get really, really good at practicing with the script, eventually you won't need the script anymore. So my husband and I will just say to each other, do we need to do the script or do you want to just jump ahead to I want or I need statement? And sometimes we need the script and we can pretty much do it from memory because we're well-practiced. And sometimes we can go, no, I can just skip ahead to the I want or I need statement depending on how the conversation is going. So use this, practice this, and then eventually you won't need it anymore. Kind of like training wheels, you can take the training wheels off. But again, it's totally free, no strings attached at all. You're just going to scroll down and download it. Why? Because I feel very strongly that if more people can communicate using I want, I need statements and listening and validating and using the tools to listen well, then we're going to have a universe that's vibrating higher. And that serves everybody. So by downloading this script and practicing, you're making the world a better place. And I really believe that. So my hat's off to you. Thank you for listening today. 
I hope that you have found this episode helpful. If you are currently in a conflict with someone, what you can also do is share this episode with said person and say, I really want to try this together. Would you listen to this episode with me? The cost of the show to you is absolutely free. All I ask is that you share these episodes that you find most helpful with a friend. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, life is a journey. You're the one in the driver's seat. I love you. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.